this is Maria Theoharis or Velosos, and you're listening to So Organised Style Podcast on Socialist Tuesday. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of So Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozso.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. This week on Socialist Tuesday, you'll hear from Montserrat Lopez. On the 8th of June, Montserrat had her story published on Socialist Blog about her journey written as part of the series on Sewing for Changing Bodies. Montserrat shared the story about her relationship with her body. It's a story about struggle and reconciliation, a story about body image, food, sewing, acceptance, mindfulness, change and empowerment. To get the context behind what Montserrat is talking about, go to the Socialist website and read her blog post. So today we have Montserrat Lopez and she wrote the blog post, Fat, Mindful and Happier Than Ever. Good morning, Montserrat. Hello, how are you, Maria? Good, lovely to see you. <laughs> nice to see you too. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so pleased that you said yes. And I know that this is a new experience for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> how long had you followed Socialists? I think they started before the Curvy Sewing Collective, but I met Julian through the Curvy Sewing Collective. I therefore started to learn about the Socialists. I love that it's a community of sewers where everyone can feel included. And that's what they strive for and that's what they continue to work on too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So the story that you put up there, which was part of the Sewing for Changing Bodies. So in April, Gillian wrote her own journey about the sewing tips for gaining weight. And then your story came up last month around your journey on fat, mindful and happy than ever. Was that a hard article to write after you've been through such a long journey? It's just an opportunity right. <laughs> to share because Gillian said, oh, um, I started writing this and we want to make a series. Is there anyone interested in collaborating? And I was like, I want to share everything I, I am learning and everything that sewing has brought to my life and that living in this body has brought to my life. So I said, I want to write, how does it work? And she said, I think that you could write a whole article about yourself, like about this, write about anything you want, but I feel like you could write a whole article because some of the articles are just built from little pieces of different people. That's right. But she invited me to do what I wanted and write a blog post about it. And I was like, okay, so you said yes. So I, I reflected and I'm taking my coaching on I learned intuitive eating, but with also a part of self-coaching and mindfulness and 
other tools and this has changed my life so I wanted to share how that has changed my life as well. And you've done a really thorough job where you've written this you know parts of the journey that you've done you've actually given some references as well so linked out yeah. to the intuitive eating story and linked to the nutritionist that you mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. with and and yeah. that's more recent isn't it yes yes that's just as of the beginning of the pandemic where my brain was exploding in need for time for myself and for care for myself after caring for my two kids and trying to support my husband to keep his job and letting go of my online business for a while. So, Montserrat, can you take us through parts of your journey? (laughs) For sure. I am from Mexico. I came to Canada. I live in in Montreal currently. And I came to study my master's in physics. (laughs) I love the fact that you're a scientist. (laughs) I feel like there are many soaring scientists. It's just so cool to be able to put your brain in the creative part of sewing, right? Like figure out numbers and how I can do this and that. It's just like problem solving in your mind all the time as a scientist. Mm. And as a sewist too, I feel. I love it. Yeah. So my journey. Right? Your journey. Let's get to your journey. <laughs> yeah. I came to Canada probably like 12 years ago in 2008. Oh, yes. 12 years ago. And I was doing my master's in physics and then I did my PhD in physics and neuroscience. I was working with some amazing people and I met my husband. My husband was working in the same group that I was. And at some point I came to my boss and I was like, I I did this experiment. I don't know how to, like, what do you think? How can I interpret them? And then he said, oh, go talk to this guy who's next door. So I went by and he was like, uh, yeah, I can help you. <laughs> he's very quiet and he's introvert. Yes. And of course I'm not. <laughs> so we all know who does the talking and who does the listening. <laughs> so, so what brought me to sewing was the fact that we started going out and he just was very used to time for himself. And I was like, okay, I cannot overwhelm him with my presence. You know, like I need to find something to do because he's not going to be with me while he needs to take time for himself. It's not going to work. So I went to a community center and I started to learn how to use a machine and how to thread it and how to do a straight stitch. And after that, I did a cushion and I went into like the next level. I did uh, dressmaking. Well, no, I did. You just like take a pattern and put it, you cut the pattern and you put the pattern in the fabric, you cut the fabric and then you make the dress. But the teacher had no idea how to make dresses for larger bodies. So she was like, okay, I guess you just do this and try this way. And I felt like, okay, we'll see. And I realized many people don't know how to do this, how to do this for larger bodies, right? Like that's why Ashley... Ashley Neal Tipton. That's why she was kind of a a relevant thing for the fashion industry, right? Because she was designing for larger bodies and make them look beautiful and going out of the predetermined size range. That's right. See, people who are trained in dressmaking often don't know how to draft 
or so for larger bodies. Whereas Ashley uh, does. Exactly. She's a larger body, so she understands them better. So she does. Um, yeah, like even now, if I go to a commercially available store yeah. for larger sizes, often it's not even that well fitting for my body. Sewing has been life saving <laughs> because I can learn to fit my body and I can understand what I need and what I like and go with that. With your being in the Kirby Sewing Collective, did that help you later on with your sewing? Yes, yes. It was one of the first resources that you could use to understand how to fit your body, to make clothes for your body. Right. There's a lot of work that goes into using a like, traditional size pattern and making it into a larger body size dress because you have to grade and then you have to do adjustments for full bust or full butt or full tummy or like legs and arms. Yeah. And then... If you just grade by hand, there are like errors add up, you know? Yeah, so the proportions like, have to be right for you. Yes, but you know, like you, you do one step and then the next step and then the next step, and that in the end, you have to also throw everything because you might not be able to fit in. And if you don't know that much about pattern making, sometimes you don't understand how everything is going to fit together. It's almost yeah. like, it would be better to make to make the dress in the largest size and then cut it up and figure out where you have to add space, right? Right, yeah. It would be because it's probably as much work as to just change the pattern that came from a traditional size pattern in that size range. Yeah. yeah. It was a very useful resource which started at about the same time, a little bit later than I started sewing. And by that time, I was fitting probably in the end of the traditional size range and a little bit up. So it was not that hard to kind of figure things out. Hmm. Then I, I passed that range and I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because sewing felt so, like, so comfortable. Sewing for myself, first, my clothes felt so comfortable that I was not able to find any clothes that fit me that way in any other place. You'd gone to classes and... Yeah. You uh, learned some skills in construction, but it was getting the sizes in the patterns that you wanted that weren't there. Yeah, it was sewing community center classes. It's not really advanced, but it's a start, right? Got to start somewhere. So, yeah, that was how I started. And then the Curvy Sewing Collective, and I met Julian, and I met Jenny, and what's Mary Danielson. Oh, yes, uh, yes. They both started it. Now the community has grown a lot. But Jenny is still the one that kind of monitors it. Yep. And then Gillian went over back to socialists because she had stopped for a while. And then she decided, okay, I'm going to just quit being so involved in the Curvy Collective yep. to put more attention in the socialists. Yeah. Yeah. She's such a talented person, Gillian. Yeah. If we could clone her, that would be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like more yeah. than one. She's a teacher, and one other of my passions is teaching. When she started designing sewing classes, I just thought, wow, you can truly see her passion for teaching there. It's so different from normal. <laughs> it was just like guiding you, okay, you're, we're going to start 
to learn how to sew it, and then we're gonna start to, with this kind of knit, and then we're gonna do these modifications, and then we're gonna try this. So it's like an evolution of the process as a whole, rather than okay, I'm gonna teach you to do that this project. You know, yeah. it's like you're gonna get these skills, but with her, the way she designs her classes is like you get the whole panorama. She takes you through the journey of what you want to do and gives you the steps to follow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you end up being professionally trained in what she's teaching you, right? In a way that you feel really confident to use any need and do modifications for patterns from for needs and how to change a pattern made for women to fit for need, need fabrics or things like that. That's how I learned about the query sewing community and how it was super important for the life of so many people who live in larger bodies who needed to work out how to make clothes for themselves because nothing else available is comfortable they have a blog and they have also the facebook page i follow the facebook page Uh uh and they also have instagram it's always a joy to see the finished product on the person that's made them because uh-huh. the smile is huge, so they look really satisfied and really happy that yeah, they have something yeah, that yeah. fits them. And it's amazing how they inspire other people that have just been there looking and afraid of trying. Mm. And they are just like, okay, I'm going to jump. I hope you can catch me because I'm going to jump. And they try and they are like, sometimes it, it takes a few tries, you know? Yeah, but they are so happy in the end because it's a path that is gonna liberate them. And it does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Once they've See, got it, yeah. you you don't want to look back. No, you don't look back. And everyone ends up having such a wonderful wardrobe that they're proud to wear. Yeah. Yes, it invites an exploration to your style. You're not longer constrained to what you can find in stores that you are able to put your body inside. It's like. You understand that the problem is not your body. It's the code that you have available. Yeah. And it's good to see that we've got so many indie pattern designers that are now making patterns for more parts of the population, not just some parts of the population. And it's still really important to understand that if I don't fit in one size, it's normal and it's expected. This is just the draft of what you could fit in if you were an average person. But if you come from a different place, from the average, where the average was calculated, or if you have any deviations, which is the normal, then you can drop between different sizes and then get your body to be comfortable in the clothes you make. Are you in different sizes often? In the summer, I'm one size, and in the winter, I'm a bigger size, and I know exactly <laughs> where the extra weight goes. Yeah. So, I, but it's it's taken me many years to figure that one out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, when I put my winter clothes away and bring out my summer clothes, I've usually gotten back to that size, and that's only because of my my parents, my genes. So because of that, I can change my weight. But the shape, there are certain parts of my body that will put on the extra weight and I know exactly where that is and I know the adjustment. Wow. And there is a difference. There is a distinct difference. So, yeah. (laughs) 
But as you've said, I've actually learned quite a bit from the Kirby Sewing Collective because of the amount of information that is there on how to adjust patterns for the various curves in your body. And that's yeah. how I see them being such a good resource. They are the biggest resource I know for Kirby bodies. Yeah, they are. Montserrat, you did a lot of work when you first met your now husband to sew. Then let us know what you went through when you had your children. So when I had my children, they are now two and four, my body went through massive changes. My first child was born four kilos and my second one was four and a half kilos. So those are pretty big babies. Mm. And my body was immense. I was kind of worried about how it would be after, but also not so worried because I knew that I could feel well in my body again. Okay. I didn't know that it was going to take more than a, a couple of years. It was a very different body after my kids were born and it didn't recover as it did recover in the first pregnancy. I was kind of waiting for it to stabilize and then I was afraid of what new challenges it had brought because like I did no longer know what were the changes I had to take, what I had to do for the patterns to fit or the fabrics or the dresses, you know? So I thought I need to change this. And every day it was harder and harder to live that way because I knew that it could be different and I was just not jumping. But I was also working on my business. So it was like I was overworking on my business and not putting time on myself. And I was like feeling worse because I was avoiding putting time for myself and learning how to do it. And then the pandemic came and I was like breaking apart because I was trying to work, like, trying to take care of my kids, trying to support my husband. And I was like, okay, something has got to give because it's not working. It's not going to work like this. Yeah. And so that struggle finished there. I decided there was a nutritionist who had a podcast and I had tried like all the diets. Well, not all the diets, of course. I tried dieting. And it didn't work, and I was exhausted, and I knew I, I didn't want to diet. I didn't want to put my body through that again. So until I found a podcast from Stephanie, my coach now, on intuitive eating, and she mixes, she has a very diverse background, and so she mixes intuitive eating with mindfulness, with meditation, with self-coaching. So we're learning to look at our thoughts, think about where they are coming from, and think I have the power to change what I think about myself yeah. and I have the power to change how I feel about myself and I have the power to see my body differently. So now, instead of seeing my body as something I have to change, I see my body because I decided to see my body yeah. as the carrier of my mind, my spirit, my passion. and I. Love it. Like my body tells my history, the yes. history of my life and the history of the lives before me and the history of where humans come from, you know, like it's a huge history. So thinking about my body that way makes me so happy that I can love it. And I can one day say my love, my body served me so well and I loved it and it worked in water and in air and in land, you know, and I was able to give love and receive and make people and 
it was just an amazing experience. Life was an amazing experience because of my body. It was quite interesting in your article when you were talking about getting advice from Stephanie, you brought up a point around, okay, so when my body does change size, how am I going to feel? Mm -hmm. And for you, the key thing was happiness. And then another point you made that your smile is reflective and reminds you of your mother. Yeah. So there are those connectors that I thought, you know, you really hit the nail on the head around what your body is all about and your feelings. Yes, life is a constant desire to feel well, right? Yeah. And many times we fall in the struggle and hoping that there's something that is going to take us out of there, but without taking responsibility and saying, I'm the one who can take myself out of this. So having learned to take responsibility of what I want to believe has enabled me to feel happier than I have ever been and to feel present with my children and give them all the love I want and to be present in my life and know that everything is going to change. And I can decide to embrace it or hate it, but it's a decision I make. That's right. And you're making that decision and you're making that change. Of course. Yes, because I am learning to do it. There are many things in which I can heal still to be happier, you know? But being in this path makes me very hopeful. Very hopeful that, oh my God, I am taking responsibility and every day I can feel better in myself and above myself and for the things I am doing. I love that message. I really love that message. I think what you just did was wonderful. Like how you explained the journey that you've gone through for your own narrative. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with who might be thinking of going down the same journey you have? Everyone is in a different part in their path in life. And if you feel like you are in the position in which uh, feeling sad or blaming yourself is what you can do and all you can do, that's okay. Don't listen to people who tell you that you need to do something else about it. If that is what you feel like you want to do and what you need to do for yourself, it's okay. If you feel like you want to change, but you don't know how, and if you feel like you're fed up with your life, we are part of your life in your relationship with the way you look, in the relationship that you have with your body, in the relationship with the way you eat. Look for help because you can change the way you think about things and you can change your reality. Just (laughs) just understanding where you're at and then making sure that if there's something you want to change and you can't do it yourself, there are people out there to help you. See, See, you can do it yourself, but it's easier if you have help from a professional who can guide you. They'll give you some guidance and a lot of the time... They'll confirm what it is you're thinking and how you're going to proceed. So it's really good to have someone to say, yeah, that sounds right. The best part about this is that we are learning to do this for ourselves, that I am becoming responsible for the decisions I take and the way that the world around me looks. I can decide to listen to this person and believe what she says, or I can decide to not listen to this person and instead surround me with this other kind of people who have these other kind of ideas about the world. So you change your reality. You don't need to believe what other people tell you about yourself. 
you can believe what you want to tell you about yourself. Love it. <laughs> thank you, Montserrat. Hi, thank you, Maria. Again, as I said, I'm really pleased that you said yes to coming on to Sail Organised Style podcast because I love the story that you wrote in Socialist and it's really great that you're an active member of the Curvy Sewing Collective and has brought that to our listeners' attention. Thank you. You're welcome. It's lovely. I love sharing my story and I love that so many people have felt touched and understood and no, not represented in yeah. some way, but you know, because we all go through this struggle, we're not alone. And there are communities in which we can feel understood and supported and we can find comfort in it. It's about the way we are taught to feel about ourselves and we can change it. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back to So Organized Style Podcast, Socialist Tuesday. This episode of So Organized Style Podcast was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Montserrat Lopez, sound by bensound.com. So Organized Style, spelt with an S, not a Z, is available on our website, soorganizedstylepodcast.com, with all the links to this podcast and our earlier podcasts as well. You can also find our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Libsyn and CastBox. Subscribe to our podcast to catch every new episode and tell your friends to listen in to our earlier podcasts. Have a lovely day listeners and keep sewing. <laughs>